This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, and today we are joined with Mr. Bob Klee. Some of you out there don't have any clue who he is. And then people, a lot of you out there just heard me say that and said, who the hell doesn't know who Bob Klee is? And so that's the reason why I wanted to bring Bob on. Um, known Bob for four or five years. If you're in IAOA, um, you definitely probably know Bob. You heard him. He does not talk a lot in there, but Bob's one of those people when he talks, you better listen. Bob, before I get on with you and we start with this, I want to start with a couple of things. We got your podcast.com. Be sure to check it out. We got your podcast.com. Just go there. See what we do. We do unbelievable stuff or AI mastermind. There's never been a time for you to need a group like mastermind like Mike, Mike Stronzo's un, uh, profit producer or, or uh, unstoppable producer. Um, and, you know, I don't care what organization you're with, but right now we can't be seeing each other face to face. And it's important. And, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, they said, man, I can't wait to get back to face to face. Well, I don't know about you and Bob. We're seeing each other on video. I think we're face to face. I think we need to retransform what that forum looks like when we say face to face. Is it air between us or is it electronic signals between us? But it's all still face to face. So please be sure to sure to check out insuranceagencyintelligence.com. Top right, click Mastermind. You'll tell you everything about it, and you'll see everybody that's in there, and you can see how electric it is, including Bob Clee's wife, uh, Kicker Cardenas, is in there, and so that is uh, a pretty, 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 pretty awesome thing. Um, Bob Clee, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Jason. Good to be here. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm 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 really glad you're here. I think uh, the loyal listeners are going to be very very surprised at the in depth of knowledge and the different things you do. Um, I want to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse. He does a lot of different things. We're going to get onto all that. But one of the things that that I hear a lot of agents talk about is I like doing high valued homes, right? That, that's right. what that's what you hear. Um, and I think a lot of people like dabble in it. I think it's kind of like, hey, I write some high value homes because I have a chub and, you know, 5% of my policies enforce or that. And that's okay. That's okay. They, they're kind of, but dude, it's like, it's like what you do, you know, it's like what your bread and butter is. And I can't wait for everybody to get to know. But in the meantime, let me start with this. Bob, are you a iPhone or a Droid user? Absolutely iPhone. He said, absolutely. <laughs> you guys can't see him, but he's very confident whenever he's saying that. So no, always yeah, been an iPhone user? iPhone, iPad, MacBook Pro. I'm a big believer in the universe of that. And uh, also, it's, uh, iPhone is the only HIPAA compliant phone. Androids are not. So have a medical background. So 
That's very true, Bob. Uh, Bob, that's a true one. And for anybody in the insurance industry, I guess specifically if you're dealing, I mean, is HIPAA compliancy, this sounds terrible, Bob, but is that big for me even if I don't do life or health or is that still, I mean. I don't, I don't know that it is, but I like the security and that's the key thing the iPhone gives you over an Android is the security. Mm -hmm. I, I saw an article. It was very, very interesting. I, I'm very, very proud of iPhone for this, where they talked about their phone versus an Android. And they talked about uh, Google's thing is to collect all the information they can to best serve you. And iPhones is not that way. They're not interested in trying to serve you through your data. They want, just want to serve you with a good product. And I really, really thought that that was interesting because they talked about, as you just said, how secure um, the actual iPhone is. What's the last app you downloaded, Bob? Uh, really, <laughs> it's a really good one because I'm a sh another thing I like to do is shoot. So it's uh, it's called literally called Clip Shot, and if you uh, like shooting for fun, it uh, it records every time you pull the trigger in between. So you have your intervals and your transfer uh, times as you go between targets. So, God, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, they created an app for everything. I yep, mean, but I guess do. you wouldn't even think of that unless you're someone like you who shoots. What kind of guns do you shoot? Uh, current gun is a what's called a Sig Sauer 320 X5 Legion. So it's a it's a performance gun, but it's a, it's it's a, you can you can still carry it. Uh, but it's built for IDPA, which are or the other organization for pistol shooting. It's a lot of fun. I started started a Glock. Yeah, you know, so it's a lot of people do. And so uh, it's just everybody should know this won't, this is going to figure in. He is in the great state of Texas um, where this is just a normal thing. You know, um, remember I went to Fort Worth my first time, uh, Bob, well, it wasn't my first time, but I took my two boys and my, one of my son was like six and the other one was 12. And as soon as we, we turned, we stayed at the Omni um, in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And as soon as we pull in, we get out of the car and there's a guy walking right down the street with a pistol right on the side of his hip. Just, yep. and, and it's just like, wow, Hey, welcome to Texas. This is everything we've heard in America about this. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of unique and yeah, I, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. All of our friends, they have, what kind of gun, what kind of gun I shoot today? Cause we all have more than one, you know? So, that's why you answered it the way you did. Well, the one right now, you yeah. know, a really unknown thing about Texas, a lot of people don't know. I've always been fascinated with this before we get on with Bob is that um, it is the only flag that is able to be flown at the same height as the American flag of all of our state flags because they used to once be a country. For 10 years, they were a country. Yeah. Uh -huh. yep. They beat Santa Ana, uh, the Battle of San Jack, which is not too far from here. They beat Santa Ana. They became a country for 10 years. And by treaty, they, the U.S. did buy, buy Texas. By treaty, Texas came into the United States. And actually, in the treaty, it says if 50% of the Texans vote for it, we can leave the United States, too. Wow. <laughs> That's why well, the Lone, Lone Star State, we were a country. Yep. It keeps going the way it is. You guys might find 50% of the we people. We may. <laughs> <laughs> no, as, long as, as long as not too many liberal Californians come here, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Hey, they say right now that uh, that's what they say, that, that uh, Texas has a good chance in the next five to ten years to become a blue state. So don't let that happen, Bob. Don't oh, let God. that happen. Yeah. Hey, and all you loyal listeners, all of you that are blue, it's okay. We pray for you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> We're still all Americans, and I believe that hardcore. Amen. Bob, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Love to win. My swim coach, win. my swim coach used to say, "The only person who knows and came in second is your mom." So, yeah. 
I've heard a lot of them. That was a good one. That's so true, too. And she may take you out for ice cream, but no one yeah, else cares. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody remembers but your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, loyal listeners. Uh, they, they say that my laugh is absolutely hilarious at times, too, on speed. Um, so that, uh, <laughs> Cal Tolman told me that yesterday. So there you go, Cal. Um, the And then the last one is there's two things in the life that we say are most important in this, and to us. This is just what we say here. One is skill and one is luck. If you had to choose one over the other that got you where you were, what one would you say and why? Skill. You can't control luck. The root of luck in Latin is, is hap for happenstance. And you can't control that. But you can control skill because you can study and learn and get better. And so the, you know, a lot of athletes that are really good today aren't necessarily the best athlete on the field, but they've learned and studied and they practiced over and over and over. And that's what makes them good. It's not luck. Wow. You said, you said something that hasn't been said in 430 of these. You defined luck and I'm a big definition guy. And what did you say it was? Which, which... If you look at the Latin root for happiness, for luck, happiness is hap, which is luck or happenstance. So and you can't control that, but you can control skill. You can study, you can get better, you can practice and practice and practice. Just like I do when I shoot, just like I did when I swam. I wasn't the best athlete, but I worked hard and had fun doing it and did, did okay. And same thing with shooting. You study and you practice and, you know, you, out you work harder than the next guy. Yep. Same thing with that insurance. Is, that's a yeah. great thing, dude. That is great. Um, Bob, we know that you're in Texas. Where were you born? Missouri. Where at? Raised. I lived in eight states now. Born and raised Lake of the Ozarks. My parents, grandparents, great grandparents all had resorts after World War II there. Actually, if you wow. look up if you look up the if you look up the Lone Oak Resort in Lake of the Ozarks, you'll see the history of it. And the second owner was Harold Clee, my grandfather. And so uh, and he's still featured there. My grandmother's in the picture of the uh, resort in its early stages. So yeah, I grew up there and then later Springfield, Missouri, where I swam and uh, before I moved to California. Wow. Wow. Loyal listeners. I mean, come on, we're learning some stuff already. We're learning some stuff. So, okay. You were in Missouri. You kind of hopped us around a little bit, but, but if you would go back, take three or five minutes and bring us forward, Bob, to where you are right now so that we have a chance to relate as insurance professionals. Well, I've, uh, I've lived in eight States and I've had insurance agencies in four different States. Uh, but I started, like I said, in Missouri and, um, moved to California into my sophomore year in college. I was kind of disillusioned uh, with a girlfriend at the time. And so my grandparents and, uh, and aunts and uncles lived out there. So I went out there for a summer. As I tell my mom, it lasted 18 years. So I finished school at, last, finished school at Long Beach State. Um, I, as soon as I got out of college, actually, while I was a senior, I started working in a motorcycle dealership uh, that I ended up buying after college. It's a Yamaha dealership oh. that later acquired Honda. It seems like another lifetime ago. And uh, so I had Honda and Yamaha. And then um, the economy went bad uh, when Reagan was there. They had the uh, uh, they hardly accused the Japanese of dumping. So we had 700 cc bikes or 698 cc for those that are around then instead of 750. And uh, oh. I got insurance licensed uh, for the eight for the dealership because we could sell insurance. McGraw Insurance is big out there. Pacific Specialties it's called today, and they're still around. And um, then went to then going through the divorce, I got rid of the agency, got an insurance, which I liked because there was no inventory. At times, I had $50,000 a month in interest payments on on inventory. That's not cheap. Um, and so, yeah, 50000 a month. Yeah, you had a lot of sales to cover that. And so um, insurance, there's no inventory. I really liked it. So I uh, became a farmer's agent in California. Uh, went through their 
uh, reserve program was full time for all of six months and resigned after six months uh, because I got uh, custody of my three kids. If I left California, I said, see ya. And I literally walked away, got $5,000 check from my book of business. I built in six months with farmers and moved to Kentucky to start an all state agency from scratch in Lexington. Wow. And, in Lexington. Uh, yeah. That's and, my uh, favorite place in the world. That's beautiful bluegrass. And uh, my dad and mom lived there. My mom was a professor at EKU. My dad was a pastor of Methodist church. And so I, uh, my stepfather at the time, but 40 years, you don't call him to step dad anymore. And so, um, so I moved there and got hold of Allstate and Allstate was getting rid of Sears, as I say, in 95. And so once they were divested, they hired me in August, uh, went through the program up in Northbrook and started the Scotch agency. It was rookie agent of the year. The first year it was always in the top 10% of the producers of the six years I was in Kentucky. Then uh, life changed. I sold that agency, went down to Nashville, Tennessee, started another Scratch Allstate because I thought about independent, but I didn't know anything about it. Didn't have much on the internet back in 2001. And so uh, I started Allstate because it was easy and did it again. Uh, built a two million, I built a $2 million book in Kentucky in six years at Allstate. Average premium on autos is 350 Homeowners about four to five. So let's do the math. And um, yeah, and then uh, in Tennessee, I did the same thing in just uh, right at five years. But during that five years, I started a little internet business. I was always into computers and helped my son build computers and got an internet business back when AOL was your primary browser. And <laughs> Nobody ever heard of Google, and uh, you got those AOL CDs in your mail every week. And um, uh, and so I started a little bit in that business called Hometown Quotes, where I was an Allstate agent. The that was a 2000, late 2003, early 2004. Allstate started giving me hassles that grew for marketing and not because I had my securities license. So in 2006, it took off so big, I sold the agency in October and did Hometown Quotes only, and uh, that took off. And uh, uh, so, you know, again, I was going to say buy agents for agents. We knew what it was like on the agent side to buy leads. The lead business has obviously changed a lot since 2004 to today. And um, so, so in 2012, November, I merged that with a, a genius in the space named John Kelly. If you look him up, he's on the front page of uh, front cover of Fortune Magazine 99. He started a little internet company called eCoverage six months before eSurance started up in 98. Insurance started up. We know who they are. They all state bottom for a billion dollars. But what they don't know, or what you probably don't know, is um, the, Gary Tolman was the CEO of uh, Insurance. John, uh, CFO of eCoverage, literally a mile down the street in San Francisco. Both belly up in the dot com bubble 2000. Um, White Mountain, which is a bunch of fireman's fund rich people, came in and offered their boards $5 million. John's and their infinite wisdom at eCoverage said no. Insurance said yes, best $5 million investment in history of mankind, because seven years later, that was $1 billion exit to Allstate. And um, Gary Tolman was the CEO all the way through that, and actually and to kind of carry the story forward. So John, when he went out of business, so in 2001, e-coverage became GMAC Insurance, uh, and all they did was just change the banner, and they hired John as a consultant because they had no idea how to do internet marketing. Well, John's a genius at it, and so he merged with a guy named John Jones in 2002 or two, I guess. Started a company called SureHits that they sold for 60 some million dollars in 2008 to Quinn Street, publicly owned company you can buy stock in today. And then I, my lead company, was selling leads to SureHits back and forth, and so we knew each other. And John left uh, SureHits or left Quinn Street because of he says either either his marriage or the business, so he left it and started a new company, Scratch called this or that, which is funny. The first time I met him in uh, Denver, his marketing guy had two pictures of Justin Bieber up with no shirt on. Do you like this or like that? What he had to do was he had a non-compete in insurance, but he had to build some technology that had traffic to get back into the insurance business, is what he knew. 
And so we met and he had just got back, dabbled in the insurance space and getting back in it. And we ended up merging my hometown quotes with his technology and his ability in November 2012. And so hometown still owned by John and me. Uh, we don't work in it actively. We have a, a gentleman managing it named Tom Chapel, who's got a whole history in the elite space. And then um, 2014, uh, just again, thinking of risk management, thinking, well, I can sell $10 leads, but it should be nice to get back in the insurance space. And John was thinking back like Google Compare because Google was going into insurance that time. Oh. I said, dude, you do not, I do not ever want to sell uh, homeowner's policies for $100,000 homes again. I said, there's a little niche because I go to all the conventions, independent agents, otherwise for hometown representing them. There's a little niche in the high net worth space. John, you're in it. You have Chubb. And I keep seeing these leads come in for $1 to $5 million homes don't know a lot about them, don't know if they're any good or not. And so I started calling the leads. Hey, this is the president of Hometown Quotes. Just curious, you know, did you find insurance? What got you looking? Found out there was actually a, a real people. Not not a lot because the the space doesn't, we don't verify home value. We really don't care about it. All we care about is it a real address, real person with contact information. We don't care about the value. The lead, they still don't in the space. Gotcha. But they were real. And so um, we started with buy, buying leads for our company and buying from our competitors and January 2015 sold our first policy. We got the time Ace, Safeco, and um, Encompass. And then the spring of 2015, we were able to, because we brought them into our offices at hometown and said, you know, I heard you talk about you to use an aggregator on one of your podcasts or get direct appointments. Well, I didn't want to use an aggregator, but you know how hard it is to get a direct appointment. High net worth space is the hardest to get a direct appointment in. Well, I could say, here's what we do for business. We drive traffic. Most people that want Chubb want Chubb so then they can go find business. I can drive traffic. I just need a carrier to place it with. Ah. So I able to prove that. So we were able to get scratch appointments. Had no book of business. Startup insurance agency with all the high net worth carriers because we could prove that we can drive traffic. We just need to place it, which is the opposite approach. Most agents say, give me X carrier so I can go find business. Um, so it's just the opposite approach. And so, and today we, you know, we, we still buy from our competitor, our competitors of hometown and our competitors, because not any one source has all the best traffic all the time or all the traffic. And then we also market ourselves online and Facebook and Instagram and so forth. Um, obviously what we drive ourselves is better, but that you can't get enough quantity um, that we need to hockey stick our growth. Cause once we split, we started out as a subsidiary of hometown. We split it off in 2016, May of 2016, we brought on, because of John's background, again, selling his agency and VC money, we were able to get startup money of $3 million capital. We tried to be a tech company for insurance, so we didn't do much business the first three years. Um, but then the second three years, and now I guess they're four years out of that, 20, the fall of 2017, actually we went out of business almost in the December. We have fired half our staff because we made some major mistakes on tech. But we had an idea and we had laid off half the staff. We told the rest of the staff, get the job, we get it. We had 60 days to write the ship. What we did with the new idea, we were able to bring on another million dollars of capital and since then another three. So we've got about eight and a half million now invested. But our goal is to take the platform we've got and to do the e-compass, the hockey ticket and grow. And um, we've had some very successful months and quarters or, or we wouldn't be here still, but we've got, um, uh, but again, it's always funny to me to read, you know, during the time I was hometown quotes for not writing insurance, all the, all the agents that say insurance, you know, internet leads suck. You see so Gosh. much negative about it over and yeah. over. And I said, no, they don't. Cause I know agents doing it. Well, now I know me doing it and the processes we use a lot. I learned and taught and I learned from other agents doing it. It's actually some we developed ourselves. 
I've not, I, I've not yet met one customer before I've ever written a policy and I've got almost a $10 million book of business. So all high net worth, all buying million dollar up homes. And, uh, but that's what we do. And so it's, again, it's, it can be done. It's easier today this year, because as you mentioned earlier about, uh, the pandemic, all my staff work from home. We have since 2017, once we had the downturns, we can't do this because the expense of hiring in Denver where we were headquartered and we still, my partner lives in Aspen is expensive. It's like LA expense. And so to hire a good CSR is 75, 80 grand a year in this space in Los Angeles and in, in Denver, even, even six figures. And so, um, so uh, I have what, four employees in Vegas, I have one in New York, one in Oklahoma city. I have, one here in Houston with me, sell several in Denver where we started, the three sales guys there. Uh, the third one we hired, but he was just happened to lo relocate there is the reason. Um, but they all work from home. We got, we gave up wow. the office. And, uh, but the advantage is now people are used to working from home. Warren Buffett has a saying, it's hard to see eye to eye if I can't see your face. And so we have done a lot of things before um, Video, people were used to comfortable using Zoom and those type of products where we would have a software that we would just show our proposal. If I can control the proposal as I'm presenting it to you versus sending it to you with a price, because in MySpace, you know, it's not, a, you know, there, you have four arrows to play on, whether it's MySpace or the personal line space, the commercial space. You have, literally have four arrows. One is price, and I don't want to compete on price. Mm -hmm. Two is gaps in coverage. Three is the relationship and for his service, relationship with the agent and the service the incumbent agent owned. How can I weaken those and compete on gaps in coverage? Well, it's really easy. I mean, yeah. AIG, unfortunately, got out of the $500,000 million space. But if I'm selling a policy in the $501 million space that has unlimited replacement costs, that has unlimited additional living expense, that has coverage, uh, backup sewers and drains, ordinance of law equal to coverage A, I have concierge service and hmm. all the bells and whistles, and I'm competing against, you know, no disrespect, but Safeco, Travelers, Mercury. I can beat them all day long in coverage and charge you a thousand dollars more, and most people will go for it. But um, but again, you got to you got to know your product. And like I said, I think in the survey you asked me, you know, you have to be a student of the business. I'm the oldest guy in my company. I'm 60 years old, and I'm a techie, and I'm always reading. I'm always studying because, again, like I said, skill over luck. It's skill. How do you get better at skill? You got to be a student of the business. And you have been, and you have been, and I love how much you've changed. I mean, I love you to death, but I just found out, truthfully, you're officially an entrepreneur. Uh, you're looking for opportunity. You know where your skills are, and if you don't have the skills, you're willing to get better. You know, a very similar situation happened with a friend of ours, Chris Paradiso, back in 2008. He started his agency. He did really well, and then he said he walked into his agency like a year or two later and realized he had started and done some crazy stuff, right? And he had done the wrong things, and he really that his people was his problem and he literally fired every one of them I think for except for like one or something and totally rebuilt it and into the strong powerhouse he has now there's a lot of agents out there Bob that want to do something like that they, they, they but they just don't have the guts you know to be able to do that and kudos for you on that hello loyal listeners hey are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client maybe you maybe not 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. You know, Chris used to buy leads from Hometown Quotes. We loved him. And then he started doing his first videos he shared with us. I can remember my team, look at this guy. Of course, now he doesn't need to buy leads because he does such a great job with media. But he he's, a great, he's a great guy. I love him because he, he gives back. He always has. And uh, no, he's a, he's a great guy. So, um, Well, it just yeah. tells us the greatness. It tells us the greatness. Not everybody can just say, hey, we're, we're going the wrong direction. We need to stop and fix this. And I love what you said. We have 60 days to do it. You know what I mean? It's not like, hey guys, we can keep going. And I mean, that's that's mm. uh, you get people on your team that are either buying in or they're not, right? That's right. You can't. You know, I learned a long time ago from a, actually a, a motorcycle dealer a guy that mentored me when I was having problems. Is you don't own people, but you own the processes. But the other thing I learned, and this is from the guy that Bel Belcor, um, what's his name, Yel Sheldon Yellen. If you look him up, he was on Undercover CEO. Was saying 98.99 just for the downturn, and he said he used to follow the money. That was the lesson he learned growing up on the streets of Detroit. And as he would say, and he, if you listen to him talk, you know he's had guns held to his head, and sadly he's held guns to people's head back in those tough street days in Detroit. Wow. And then just recently, just in the last few years, at 55, he's in his 60s now. He got his his, uh, his high school diploma, equivalency degree. He waited that long. Wow. Smart, honest to God, smart guy. He's a billionaire. But what he learned, he said, going through the downturn was he was wrong. It's not stay close to the money. It's stay close to your people. And he had over 4,500 employees internationally. And I believe that. I my I have the best, you know, I, we, partner I, John, we have the best people in this business. Um, we love working with them. They love working with us. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll run through walls for them. I believe they'll run through walls for us. We've got incredible people. But, you you know, again, you you – you, you get what you pay for. We hire A players. I don't have to micromanage. I don't have to micromanage myself saying, why didn't you make 50 calls today? Or whatever your goal is. Like back in the old days, I think of hometown, we used to have to make calls. I don't have to micromanage that. They're motivated because they love what they do and they get rewarded for what they do. That's right. And, and so, I mean, it's all about the P it is the processes you have to have. I think the biggest, the lack of processes is what makes most agencies fail at internet leads. Uh, or maybe sales in general, but um, but you have to make you have to step back and slow down to make processes. Whether you're wearing all the hats and you're writing them out, and then you hold people to those processes because even as good as my people are, I have incredible people in my service and sales team. They still have to follow a process. It's our process. They can once they've learned it, they can wing a little, wing it as they want to, but they've got to at least do these things in the process think of service if we have five you know if we we all want to drive to alaska and we all you know we want to get there we pick five different ways to get there that's not very efficient we have to have the same way that every time it takes care of our customers for us it's kind of like the southwest mentality you can never make an error towards the customer do whatever it takes to care of them make sure they're happy we want we want raving fans but if in doing that we discover we had a broken process we don't blame anybody we go back we post mortem it and we fix the process. I love it. 
I love it. I say a lot sometimes that people don't understand. They say, well, I don't know if I need process. And I say, are you wanting to grow? Or are you wanting to get bigger? And when they say yes, I say, do you think that companies that are big got processes first and then got big? Or do you think that they were big or started processes and then got big, right? It's one of the two. And I may have said that the, the, the wrong way. But I look at Walmart. I look at big companies. I look at larger agencies in my town. And I say, you know what? They got processes and got big. They just didn't get big and go, Oh shit! Hey, I guess we need some processes now. One of the things I want to I want to add jump to this real quick. You said it, and I want loyal listeners to hear this. I hear everybody who's good at getting other people leads, whether they are or not. This is what they claim: is that it, we can give you good leads, but it doesn't matter. You have no process to take those in. It's like everybody I hear that has that that generates leads for people. They'll say the number one reason why someone loves us or do, doesn't love us has nothing to do with us. It has to do with their process. Would you absolutely. agree or, or disagree with no, that, Bob? A, a, absolutely. And it's, I mean, all, I mean, our average return rate for hometown is 10 to 15% of the reads. They're bad. They always have been. Our life leads the hardest. I mean, I never get it, but it's, it's like life insurance, even back in the day of long forms and slow dial of internet, life leads always had Mickey Mouse applying and crazy people applying. I don't know, they get home drunk or whatever. They just pick on life leads, but it's just, you know, they have, the, they're, the, they're, 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 I mean, they were crap. And then so, you have to weed out the garbage, but same thing with working leads. You can't, I've had so many agents just stop, return a lead and they won't order any more leads until we give them credit for a bad lead. It's like, look, you're, you're, you're killing yourself. If you're not just going next, 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 I have agents that never return leads. We don't return leads. We can't do it in our business and being, and we, because we're in the business, my agency can buy from the wholesalers, the way they buy it. It's called a ping post lead, but we have, a, we have to sniff our, we have our own technology to sniff the lead to determine if it's actually a valuable home or not. Because like I said, the this space does not qualify value. So we had to come up with our own because when we're buying, competing against, quote, was it all web, all hometown and, and Everquote that are buying, we're all selling to each other, okay? And we and we literally buy and the highest bidder wins. If I buy a lead that's bad, I own it. If I buy a lead that doesn't have a million dollars, I still own it. And right. so I can't, re, I can't return it. And I encourage agents to look, just negotiate a better price and don't re don't return leads. It's just, it just gets you out of the hassle. It gets you from thinking about, oh, shit, they haven't given me credit for that lead. Just accept the fact that up to 20% of the leads are going to be bad. It's just a right. fact. Right. Even my Facebook leads, I get jokers that put fake information on it. So, you know, it's just, it's just part of the business, part of the process. Now, if it gets above 20, then, then you probably have an issue, and I would monitor that. But 15 or 20, it's on the high end at 20, but still it's the norm. Go out and knock next. on the doors. 15 to 20% of the people are going to tell you, get on down the road, right? right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that makes sense. That makes sense. You talked about something I've never heard. You talked about, I'm probably going to mispronounce it here. You talked about a ping pong or ping pong. You can't, it's, it's, a, it's a tech term, ping post. We, it's how the internet lead people, we sell to each other. Okay. We, we send out a ping, post it, and we, we don't give PII, so you can't discover who it is without buying mm -hmm. it from me. But we give enough, you can determine whether you want to buy the lead or not. And, uh, but it's a oh, technical wow. term in the lead space because we all sell to each other. Uh, we have to, because back in the day, literally, um, he doesn't get credit for it, but the, the Amazon founder and CEO, and I really say it, I care his name. Um, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. He invented, he invented affiliates he used to back in the day, I'd spend a thousand dollars on Google, $200. I could monetize and sell to agents and $800. We called fell to the floor. I had nobody to buy it. Holy shit. So Bezos invented affiliates. So now when I don't have a buyer, I can sell it to a wholesaler. I can sell, I, I can, 
lot of people sell to uh, e-shirts. You can, if you have a basically it's a thank you page, which my buddy John uh, Kelly invented sure hits. It was a thank you at the end of a lead form when they filled it out. It says you don't qualify, but here you fill out information here. Here's here's one for Allstate. Here's one for Insurance. Here's one for State Farm. You've seen those if you've ever done the internet. Yep. I mean, you've ever filled out a lead. Everybody has. You uh, should have. Thank you pages because it didn't <clears throat> didn't meet the criteria that the guy wanted to buy. So here's some thank you pages. Okay, and we do that. We on our on our okay. leads we generate. If you don't meet our, we have a a filter and it filters out. If it doesn't meet it, sorry, you don't qualify for us today, but here's some people you might qualify for. And you hit click and you go there. And if you fill out the form, they pay me for it. So and it's not $800 falling on the floor. It may be only two or $300, right. which is a lot better. Okay. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I knew that there was some stuff going on. And I also have a friend in Iowa that he's really good at producing leads and he produces leads in Iowa and Minnesota. And then what he does is, is he sells them to a broker, a wholesaler there. That's right. And, and then the old, and then and the ones that the broker doesn't want, they give them back to him, and then he sells them. And that's usually because they're in a state that the broker doesn't work in, or something well, like that. Early on, when I started hometown, early on, I wanted to generate leads from an offset agency in Tennessee. And real quick, I realized there's no borders on the internet. Connecticut <laughs> to California, it, there's no borders. And so I may say, I mean, think of how many states have Springfield in them. Just about every state has a Springfield, okay? Yeah. And so if mm -hmm. you're bidding on Springfield, it could be any state, right? And so you, so you become efficient. Today, you actually they have what's called affiliate networks. So you don't have to go and make your own agreement with eSurance and another agreement with State Farm. Actually, they, they probably won't deal with you today unless you're really high volume anyway. So you're going to have to go through a broker that has that agreement with them. And at least you'll monetize those I that like you can't that. sell yourself. I mean, y'all, everybody wants to be in our space. I mean, there's people that do primarily business with non-standard auto and home. That's all they want. But for the most part, most agents that buy leads don't want those. And those that we, you know, and so we filter out more than one or two actions, whatever it is they want to filter to. Mm -hmm. and, and so the higher your filter the more expensive the the uh, the lead is. And why is that? Well, when I put an ad on the, it was like Geico, put an ad on the internet that says, you know, 15 minutes, say 15%. I didn't fill to you, do you have a DUI? Do you have any current insurance? No, that's all it says. And you go there and as you fill it out, we realize, oh, he's not qualified. So we're going to send you a thank you page. We're going to take it or we're going to wholesale it to an, uh, to an affiliate broker. Uh, but that way you monetize your spend because every time you click on that ad, Google charges you and they don't give refunds. We, I mean, back in the day, we've lost ten, fifteen thousand dollars in five minutes, and they do not give refunds because we had something set up wrong. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's why I think every Monday, maybe insurance agents across America should just go and just press on the Google ad maybe once or twice. And if we did that every Monday, I think we could take them back. I think we could take them down, Bob. So well, you think about the. I mean, the. Again, the word insurance. If you do some Google, if you do Google Analytics, the word insurance almost always is one of the highest. Per click, it's like over 50 bucks consistently. So if you're bidding on the word insurance and it costs you 50 bucks every time and you're converting 25%, you're spending $200 to get one lead. Okay. And has that, how do you monetize that one lead? It just costs you, two, even though only one of them filled it out, it still costs you 200 bucks, one out of four, right? So it costs you 200 bucks to generate one lead. Same thing whether we're bidding five bucks or 10 bucks. We can't, mm. nobody has 100% conversion. You're good if you can get a, you're really good if you can get a 35 to 40% conversion. But what happens is people hit it. Oh, it's not what they want. They just do backspace, go to the next one. Every time they click on your ad, it costs you money, whether they give you the data or not. Holy shit. 
I never thought of that, man. If you're not on that side of the wall, dude, you don't see this stuff. And that's interesting, man. That is like a whole different genre. Wrapping this up, Bob, where, where, where do you want to end up with? I think you did a really good job of explaining to us who you were. You gave us a little bit of uh, background into what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I want to say for all you loyal listeners who are 25, 30, 35, 40, still young, uh, this is hey, proof. Still young. I mean, yeah, you're still young, <laughs> 60, which kind of blew me away for real. I, I I would not have guessed that on you, and I'm being serious about that. Yeah. But I, I but I think that that uh, it, it is really good. What would you want to say to people out there in this great industry that we have? Wrapping this up, Bob. Well, a couple of things is is that like I said, be a student of the business. I have I have three professional designations. The one I've had the longest is LUTCF. I mean, Allstate pushed it. Uh, actually, I looked at State Farm the day. So did they. Farmers pushed it. Uh, because if you're, you know, again, if you're a captive agent, they want life production and that, that designation gives you literally cash and go back, put a agency, put the process in and start selling, uh, life and disability, even health. Mm -hmm. Though, uh, I haven't been active in it in a while, but the other two I've had, I've, I've learned in the last three years and they're specifically to my space, uh, national Alliance, you'll know the CIC designation, the CRM, for instance, they have one called CPRM for certified personal risk manager. Um, I didn't used to like it because they were always in class. You had an attendant person. So my first one I took in October 2014, I'll never forget it. It was a Fireman's Fund building, downtown Chicago, which is now the Chubb building, but it went Fireman's Fund to Ace, now Chubb. A friend of mine works there, and she says, I never left desk, but my, 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 my employer went from Fund to Ace to Chubb. I'm at the same desk, you know? Um, but it's true. But anyway, so my first class, and I hated it because it was two eight-hour days of a fire hose information and then the next morning a two-hour test written longhand not true false model of choice right it's like you know there, there's five parts to a boiler and machine policy pick three and name why they're important okay <laughs> after you just sat through 16 hours right and yeah. no sleep because you're on a hotel everybody wants to meet after hours for drinks and talk about what they learned and who's when do you have time to study That's now right. it's better because at least it's it's online uh, either two days a week or once a week for four weeks, two days a week for two weeks and take the oh. test the next week. So you can re-listen to it. You can re and, and, and re-listen to the webinars, re-study the material. So that you have time. Uh, the only thing I still don't like about it is to keep using designation like the CIC and, the, and this one is you have to take their continuing ed for like 500 bucks every two years. Yeah. Um, I, I believe in, they don't, shouldn't have to force feed it to me to make me pay for it, but that's what they do. The other one uh, I have is through the Private Risk Management Association, PRMA, and this is called the CPRIA, and it's through St. John's University, so it's actually accredited with a university, and again, it's in the high network space. They're both similar yet different, so they both have a lot of similar data, but I like, I like them both, I won't say, but I like the PRMA one because they give you a, a case study. They have six classes versus five to earn their designation, but they give you a case study each time to work through, and while it's great that you at least did the work, it's not great on what your content was. So I've been doing this, you know, five or six years and I'm an expert in the business. You've been doing it one or 12 months or been doing it 20 years. And we all bring something different to the table and we learn by sharing that, which is what they do. So I really mm -hmm. like that, but be a student of the business. The, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, you, you mentioned home now quotes, but with Kelly Clee, uh, something that we recently did is we have a wholesale division. Um, so if you can, if we can help you, we're happy to, uh, we have Chubb and AIG and Travelers. Travelers, I know, yeah, is really high net worth. But the difference that we do is we give you our online form. It's the same intake form my salesman use. It's not a, a Cord app because a Cord app is useless in the high net worth space because it doesn't even ask all the right questions. But that's what a lot of people use. Makes sense. Uh, so we use our intake, which makes you ask the right questions to your people. But again, it, we call it a diagnostic intake. 
And just another sales tip, if you're doing, if you're asking me questions and getting information from me, don't fix it while you're asking questions. Because if it's that easy to fix, anybody can do it. I don't care whether you're talking a standard product and I can quote it in five minutes, which I wouldn't, but you can, uh, mm -hmm. because I want to add value to that conversation. So I'll say, I'll say things like this. And I'll, this is a really good example. And I learned it from at a, shoot, at a shooting match, actually, from uh, a wounded warrior, a guy with no legs. And it really applies to our business if you think about umbrellas and especially my space. So he said, I want everybody to close your eyes and think for a minute. What do you do when you get up first thing in the morning? Hit the ground running. You maybe hit the restroom. You make your coffee. You got to get your kids off to school, make their lunches, get their backpacks together, and drive them to school. Now he said, do it today, but now it's in a wheelchair and you got no legs. How do you do that? How do you maneuver around that house? How do you get to the restroom? Heck, I know in my house, it's a 31 hours perfect house. I can't barely get through the bathroom door. I'm so broad in my shoulders, much less a wheelchair. So think about that. When you think about in the average, in the standard market, which most of your folks are in, they quit offering uninsured motors and umbrellas back in the late 90s. I know because I was with Allstate when they did it, and it pissed me off because I was a big time. It was a $45 endorsement back then. My kids went to college. I made sure they had a, their own insurance. Again, risk management moved them out of my household. And they have a million dollar umbrella with a million dollar uninsured motors. They didn't have a million dollars in assets. But if some Yahoo put my kid in the wheelchair the rest of his life or he lost the use of his arm or leg, my kid could get a million dollars lump sum right then. That's right. So he could adjust his environment to handicapable home and vehicles. Okay? Most of you got to think about that in your space. Mm, Most of the carriers, good. Safeco, Travelers, they do not offer uninsured motors on the umbrella. So you know what? Go to, go to personalumbrella.com. They'll give you one and online. You can quote it too if on the manual scripting. But why? Think about it. What is your client worth? Are their kids or their grandkids worth? What if your client, like I have people in their 60s, you know, they're, they have worth over $100 million. And they go, well, I don't need it. I say, okay, do you ever take your kids anywhere? How about your grandkids? Friends, okay? And what if they're in a wheelchair? Do they have your money? The That's difference between a $1 million UM and a $10 million UM with uninsured motors might be $1,000 a year. That's peanuts compared to you having to come out of your pocket. Especially when they're worth a hundred million, right? And it doesn't yeah. matter if they're worth ten million or a hundred thousand. But no, you're right. You're right about that. That's that's right. powerful. Maybe Ooh. they just need a million dollar umbrella. Why aren't you giving them a million dollars UMUIM? Because I guarantee you, most of your drive, most of your customers, because we're in this space, are good drivers. They have that there to protect them if they, you know, on the way home they get distracted. Yes, they don't want to lose their net worth, their equity in their home, or have their wages attached ten years. Mm -hmm. So maybe they only need a million, but. Think about it on the other side, you know, whether as they move up the economic scale, with all my carriers, I can write a $100 million umbrella. I can write up to $10 million UIM, UIM. You can't do that in the Holy standard space. Shit, $100 million. Yeah. Oh my God. My, the average client in my space is $16,500 a year in premium. Would you rather be selling that or $2,000 to $3,000 a year in premium? You know what? It takes the same amount of time to cut the service the customer. Actually, it's less than the high net worth space. They don't call you and bitch about it when they get a 10% increase. That's right. Right. You know, so it's a good market to be in. It, can, it doesn't work. I mean, the difference is I'm in every state. I couldn't have this size of book of business writing it just in Houston, Texas, or writing it in Aspen, Colorado. Okay. But you all have people in your community, in your state that have wealth. And maybe it's one of your customers in your database. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, in the, you, know, you can't touch a Chubb, Pure, Nationwide Private Client, you know, since any of these, there's actually seven in the space now. Vault's in it new, three years now. Uh, Berkeley One got in it three years ago. They're not in every state. There's only 13 or 15 states. But the thing is, just having access, I have people that have access to Chubb, 
But they call me. How do you help me? They help me with it, and they'll write it through me, even though they make make three or four points more writing it direct through their aggregator. Right. Because I we got we helped a guy. I was on the phone a year ago. Helped a guy close a seventy five million dollar homeowner's policy in Dallas. The guy was a life and health background. He had the relationship. He met me on IAOA. He said, "If I get my PNC license, can you help me?" He said, "Sure." So he got it, and he had the relationship. And seventy five million dollar year homeowner's policy, twenty five million dollar coverage. A. And the premium wow. went up to $105,000 the next year, and he had no losses just because that's where the market is. Wow. How would you like to get you know, 10% of that versus 10% of a $2,000 policy? Right. No, right? no doubt. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Been, so oh, they want to reach out to you. Where are they going to reach out to you at, Bob, if they if they have that high-value home or they need some help with it or they, they want to get hooked up with you? Easiest email in the world. It's bob at kellyclee.com. Kelly, some people think Kelly is my – is that your wife? Because Kelly is the first name too sometimes, right? But John Kelly is my partner. It's a K-E-L-O-Y. And I'm Klee, K-L-E-E, like Kleenex without the next, I tell people, or K-Lee if you're Korean. Middle initial K, last name Lee, right? But uh, <laughs> I like that. But, I like that. If you're like German, that. it's Clay, and that really confuses people. They want to spell it C-L-A-Y. But um, but no, happy to help out. Even again, I've helped I've people at IOA. And I didn't, you know, ask me questions. Here's what I would say. Here's how I present it. One of my favorite lines to customers when I'm more expensive is I got good news and bad news, especially California these days. <laughs> the good news is I got coverage. The bad news is I have a customer's premium went from 45,000 a year to 150 this year because of wildfire risk. Now, the house is worth 5 million. He's easily worth over 100 million. He doesn't like swallowing underground and premium, but it's either that or self-insure. That's right. That's right. right. I was talking with Chad, uh, Chad Spade about some of the high value homes that he writes out in California. And I said, dude, how in the hell do you sign? He sends me the deck. I said, how in the hell do you, do you say, do you sell this? He goes, it's really easy. It's the only thing they can get. And that's if you can get it. There's a lot of, there's too many homes, a lot of them that even Lloyd's won't touch at any price. Man, there's a lot of homes. I've had people begging me. I've been referred to people from my IOA, um, famous people. You know, got an eight million dollar home in Northern California, wanting to move to Canada. Maybe they don't like Trump. I don't know why. But anyway, they want to move to Canada, and uh, nobody will. I mean, they have current insurance. This one actually really had insurance at the AIG. California passed a law so they couldn't cancel for 24 months after the fire. So he has AIG, but AIG won't touch the new buyer. And nobody else, even Lloyd's, you can't sell the house because unless you can afford to self-insure, nobody write the insurance policy. Oh shit! And that's that's for real. That's that's very very common in California these days. Oh my God. And then no wonder the companies don't want to write because they know that they get locked into things like 24 months where they're on the hook with this thing. So yeah, yeah, they got through this year with no fire, but God, hopefully it doesn't go next year. Yeah. California keeps changing the rules. Same thing with additional living expense and other things. They just forced it on the insurers. Oh, sorry. Forget grandfathering. We're making it effective now and you can't do it. You have to pay 24 months additional living expense. You have to do this. I mean, they, they count mudslides as a continuing episode of the wildfire because the wildfire hard in the ground caused the water damage. So, sorry, even though it's excluded, you're going to have to pay. Yeah, so, yeah, it's California. And the California Insurance Commissioner is anti-insurance carriers. The best you can get is a 6.9% rate increase after it's approved. It's not rate. It's not file the rate and use it. File the rate, hope they approve it and use it. And, they, and the other thing they need is wildfire deductibles. And, again, California is not allowing it. The ENS market, if you buy a – we just did a home – literally almost $50 million uh, coverage A. So his all other peril deductibles, $50,000, but his, his wildfire, he only wants 10 million coverage instead of 20, what is it, 20, whatever it was. So he wants like half of it for wildfire with a million dollar deductible. He's willing to take that just to get the premium down. So those are kind of creative things you have to do. Of course, they have the money. But think of a guy with a you know, $200, $500 million home in California. Um, again, market value could be a million, but the house is only $200,000 coverage A because of the land. 
And so they have, they have a lot wow. of challenges there. Yeah. Wow, dude, Bob, Bob, that was great. That was really good, dude. Thank you very much. I got to tell you from, from, for, it's been a while since I've done with the agency intelligence where we stayed so focused on the agency. I know you loyal listeners, this has been 45 minutes, but you have got some straight chunks. And how I know that is, is Jason barely talked and Bob was telling us about things that we have never heard. And that's the whole reason why I brought you on. Bob, I appreciate your time. I really, truly do. Thanks for joining us. Um, you will My be pleasure. somebody that I will enjoy, invite back soon because you are just full of nuggets. And that's what we have agency intelligence for. Those people out there who've been in the business for 20 years and don't know what you're talking about. And those who've been in the business for 20 months and don't know what you're talking about, you know? Um, and it's most important for those who do and they can relate to you. Your history, um, you're a big history guy. You're a big word guy, a language guy, I can tell. And your history of insurance, I swear to God, I bet you, I bet you, 90% of the people that listen to this had no idea that insurance started in 1998. No yeah. idea. I bet you if you would have asked them, they would say 2010 or later. They had no yeah. idea. You know, I had no idea. Um, I knew that they were a small, I thought they just like started up and like a year later, all stay bottom. I mean, seriously, right. had no clue. Thank you very much for that insight. And I do know John. Um, he was big with the uh with the big eye. He's always been um a super guy, very, very uh the way I would like to say it, very quiet. He's yes. not a very. He's not he's a introvert. Very, he's an introvert. Yeah. He handles he handles the marketing and the back end and the and the, uh, and the computer stuff. And I'm the front end. I'm licensed. I handle all of our licensed staff, and we that's why we're great partners. Uh, it's great. Yeah. That's how Travis and I. Bob, appreciate your time very much, man. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you guys all know that I do what I do because I do it for you. This has been Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence, where I give you today a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He's Bob. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.